Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to this end zone edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace, filling in on my own for Lindsay, who is out this week. She'll be back soon, but for now, you're stuck with me as we get into this final week of the regular season of high school football in the state of Georgia, the first round of the state playoffs in South Carolina, public and private school ball in the Palmetto State. It is a great week to be a high school football fan in Southeast Georgia and the low country. The weather may not be particularly great on Friday night from what we're hearing as we record this on Thursday morning, but the matchups are going to be excellent. And we have some big ones all across the state of Georgia and in South Carolina. In Georgia, we've got some region title games happening here in Southeast Georgia, three of them to be exact. Region 2-6A, Brunswick takes on Effingham County for the region title. In Region 1 AAA, Appling County goes to Pierce County. And in Region 3A Public, ECI takes on Metter. So we'll start with these. We'll get into South Carolina and the state playoffs here in just a second. But for more on these region title games, Happening in Southeast Georgia, I spoke with my good friend John Nelson of Georgia Public Broadcasting Sports, host of Football Friday Nights. You know, you if you're a high school football fan, you need to follow John, you need to listen to John. He knows everything there is to know about high school football in the state of Georgia. So I wanted his opinion on these three region title games. Wanted to chop it up with him about some exciting football we have coming up Friday night. So here is my conversation with George. GPB Sports, John Nelson. I'm joined by John Nelson of GPB Sports because we do have 15 region championship games happening Friday night. And here in Southeast Georgia, we have three of them. And maybe I'm a little Southeast Georgia biased here, but it's three of the better ones, I think, at least storyline-wise, going into the 15. Yeah. So we'll start with the first one, and this is the Region 2-6A title game going to happen in Springfield at Rebel Field. The 9-0 Brunswick Pirates at Effingham County, 6-2, probably one of the most improved teams in the state under first-year head coach John Ford. I don't want to say it's a complete surprise because I think a lot of folks did think Brunswick, this was a year they were going to take a leap. I don't yeah. know if we anticipated 9-0. And here's Effingham County, which has just been completely out of left field. This has got a really cool element to it of two teams, both that won a region title after not having one for a while. Yeah. And, you know, at GPB, we've had Brunswick traditionally in our top five for a very long time. I got to catch up with Sean, uh, head coach Sean Pender, when I was doing Southern Swing, when the, the season was starting. And it was, it was a, you know, Sean was, was kind of loose. And so I think he knew what he had. But the biggest thing for him is to just make sure that with all of that talent and with all of that leadership that you did it every single week. You know, when you're 5-0 and and 9-0, and I mean, last week, no problems with Bradwell winning that one by 43. This is going to be your test. And we caught up with John Ford in the offseason on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast, available on your favorite podcatcher. How's that for a subtle plug? And you know his pedigree. And you know what he did at Roswell, went to Buford, then went to Bleckley County to be a coordinator for Vaughn Lasseter. And I think that it gave, I think it gave Coach Ford a, a freshening up of what it means to be a head coach. And so he saw the Effingham opportunity. 
and he's making the most of it. And so when you have someone with what John Ford has been able to do, go into an environment and turn things around where, I mean, last week, you're in a grinder with Statesboro, and I don't mean that in the sense of it was 9-6 or anything like that, but it was one of those close games. It was a three-point game by the time they were done, but I think that if you are a team on the rise, as Effingham is, then you need games like what you had last week to get you ready for season three. And so I think that these kind of these two late season tests for Effingham, they're going to be pretty tight. And you've got, you know, okay, so where is Effingham? I think it'll be a good gauge to figure out where they are and what they might need to work on when it comes to the third season. But then you look at the rest of the region. You've got Richmond Hill, who's in the barn at four and two. Then you've got Statesboro at three and two. They're at Glen Academy, who's at two and three. So right now you're looking at five teams, four spots. And it's going to be an interesting subplot for you on Friday night, trying to figure out which one goes where with all of this activity going on around Matt Lazat, and all they can do is sit there and watch. The thing that has most impressed me about Brunswick, and I've seen them a few times this year, is they they have won comfortably. I think their average margin of victory is somewhere in 26 and a half, 27 points. They do it methodically. They are not they've hit big plays and they and they do that and they'll they'll take some shots and they'll do it, but they simply just methodically down the field with their run game behind that offensive line really just pound opponents into submission. They've done it all year. And John, you know, just as well as anybody, that's a really good formula if you want to make a deep run in the playoff. And at the same time, I think that when you can win games in different ways, I think that it's a benefit to you as well, because, you know, if you can put up 52 in a shootout against New Hampstead and win, put up 41 beating Islands, put up 56 when you beat South Effingham, 42 against Richmond Hill, 49 against Bradwell. But then you win a grinder like you do against Pierce coming out of the blocks winning 2013. You go up against Glen Academy in the, the, the one for the city championship. And, and how about this? When you have a sophomore kicker get the game-winning field goal for you in the city championship to experience that kind of pressure early, I think that bodes well for you because if you're in a situation late in the year, if you're in a situation where you need a field goal late, you've already been in that kind of a, a, a pressure cooker and you know what the results can be, and then you beat you know Statesboro by 21 as well. So I think that when you have these kinds of benefits, I, I think it serves you well, especially for a game for game 10. And then when you get into season through to, to show yourself and to show your players that you can win it different way. It's going to be a really interesting game Friday night in Springfield. And, and one, as you mentioned, that there's a lot riding on this. It, there, you know, the region championships on the line, but some things can happen if, if Brunswick wins and, you know, Effingham drops to three. There, there's a lot of scenarios here to keep up with. So no one it's said there'd make, be math on this show, Jake. I, listen, I try to avoid it as much as. But sometimes, you know, it just it just happens. I know. So we'll move to Region 1 AAA, and John, I'm just going to be completely honest here. I've been looking forward to this game really all year. 
You knew it was going to be this week. We knew if everything played out the way we thought it would, it would be for the region title. 9-0 Appling County going to Blackshear to take on 7-2 defending state champions Pierce County. There's not a lot of distance down the Blackshear Highway between Pierce County and Appling County. It's going to be a wild atmosphere Friday night with this kind of game happening. Okay, so if I, if I give this caveat, you better have your tickets now because if you're going to try to get tickets at the door, you better make sure that your electronics work or that you had a great cell signal and whatever way that tickets are available for this one. I mean, it's two great football towns, first and foremost, with Baxley and Blackshear. And I caught up with Coach Mullis and Coach Herring before, you know, early in the season, too. And it was great to see the, the promise that was there in both of these programs. And for Appling to do it more on the road than they've had to do it at home this year, the way that their, ske- their schedule was structured, I think that it proves to, to them that they can win in difficult environments. And, uh, you know, quoting one of the great orators of this or any other era, to, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Whether you like it or whether you don't, learn to love it because it's the best thing going today. The folks in Blackshear can say that. And until they tip their hat to you and ride off into the sunset on their uh, faithful steed, right now they are still the man in their class. And I know a lot of folks might be looking in their brackets and they're looking at, you know, they're looking at Cedar Grove and they're looking at, you know, Pierce and all that. Ryan Herring knows what it means to be in these kinds of games. And I am completely and totally anticipating that this one, I'll go ahead and call my shot right now. I think we have free football in this one. I really do. Overtime in Blackshear. Overtime in Blackshear. And it will be a game that is probably low 20s at best. Wouldn't surprise me if it was high teens, but I think we get free football for a game that's in the low 20s. And if anything swings it one way or the other, it's that playoff atmosphere, it's the playoff experience, and what it means to win a game like this that would lean opinions toward Pierce County in a game like this. But this one's going to be fun. One other story that since we're in this region, Long County. The Blue Tide, which, by the way, is one of the coolest logos around. And I know it reminds a lot of folks of the angry weather, uh, the angry wave in, uh, in Tulane with the green wave. I can't say enough about the coaching job that has been done there where they are this close to doing something that they've never been able to do before, get into the postseason. And it's been a great story all season long for me to be able to see this. But right now, they're this close. And if things go one way or the, you know, go the way that they want, you can see postseason football in Ludawisi. And, yes, I know how to spell Ludawisi because you had to pass Georgia history here in the state of Georgia when you were in high school or you didn't get your diploma. L-U-D-O-W-I-C-I, Ludawisi. Great story there in the region as well. Long County possibly getting into the postseason. Great story there in the region as well. But, yeah, everyone's looking at Appling and Pierce, but it's fun all the way through that region this year. And a five-team mini region 
where it's a sprint and you've got to come up with a lot of different games to make sure that you're ready for game 10. You mentioned a little bit and absolutely Long County has been just what they've done from it's been years and years and years of really rough falls for for the football program of the Blue Tide to, to have even a shot at this point at, at a state playoff is really cool for them and, and a terrific yep. job Mike Feaster's done over there. Mm-hmm. The thing you mentioned the to be the man, you got to beat the man kind of thing. How much of that drives into Appling County, who three straight years now has fallen to Pierce in games decided by nine points or less. This is the really kind of the final hurdle for Appling County to get to, I think, the point they want to be to. Now, on the other side, you've got a Pierce County team who maybe, as you mentioned, has been a little bit forgotten because they have a couple of losses. But you look at those losses, they lost to Brunswick, who's undefeated. And they lost to Raven County, who's got Gunnar Stockton and the number one ranked team in their class. They, those are those are losses that you can handle and deal with. This is still a really talented Pierce County team. How much does that experience on Pierce County's side weigh in? And how much do you think the drive for Appling to finally get over this bare hurdle is going to mean for the Pirates? And I think you're right on both counts. And this is where, and this is why. I called my shot about free football because you've seen both of these Rams on this mountainside and they're, they're banging their heads against each other because they know that they want to be the, the one at the top of the ladder. And just to give you an idea how things fall out in, in the brackets and what this means. For those of you following along who have your brackets, who might be doing things in, in pencil so far, not necessarily in pen. If you win the region, if you are team one out of region one, low right is where you will be. And you would end up, if chalk was to happen, if ones beat ones and everything through, you would end up with Monroe area, low right in your quarterfinal. If you were one, two, then you would be low left. So you would end up with in that particular half or in that particular quadrant, low left, you could end up with the possibility of team of team number one. So it'd be Cherokee Bluff, perhaps would be in your mini bracket. And Cherokee Bluff has run the table this year at five and zero at nine and zero. And if you were to get past that, you would end up with Thompson probably going to be the, the region champ out of region four. So low left, if you're the two, you're the loser here, then you would end up having to go on the road, possibly to Thompson and play in the brickyard a little later on. So there's a lot in play here for the one and the two. And that's why when we sit there and we see what Appling has been doing with what coach Rick Tomberlin had done before coach Mullis coming in from behind after coach T retires and you're seeing the continuation of what's been built in Baxley these last couple of years. It's games like this where you can sit there and say, okay, we're solid, and I think that we can make that next step. That's the question for Appling. Since Pierce has been here before, they know what it's going to take to be in this environment. And that's why when we talked about home field advantage here, I think that's going to mean that much more this go-around for Pierce County playing up against Appling. I was at this game two years ago, Appling at Pierce. It's, if, if it's anything like that, if it matches that and exceeds that, it's going to be wild at Bearville Stadium in Blackshirt. Mm-hmm. Going to be a lot of fun. All right, hey, let's talk sorry, about sir. 
let, let's talk about our third our third region title game. This 3A public ECI at Metter. The Tigers seeking their third straight region title. They've won 23 consecutive regular season games. We knew it was all about their defense for the most part last year. And I spoke with head coach Rodney Garvin early in the year, and he said, yeah, we're young. He said, we're still figuring things out on defense. I think they've figured it out. They've allowed just 52 points yeah. since September 10th. That'll help you win a whole lot of ball games. Mm-hmm. But here comes an ECI team that is looking to, in my opinion, I think, prove that they are still what ECI is. That last year was a little bit more of a blip on the radar. 2020, their first year losing more than one region game since 2005. Here come the Bulldogs with a ton of confidence. They've won seven straight. This is going to be a knockdown, drag out, you know, battle that we love to see at this time of year on Friday night at the Jungle. Absolutely. And Metter lost a lot of folks. I mean, Metter lost folks to, to graduation, and then they had they, they lost folks as folks who moved moved away from Metter. And you figured it was going to take a while for for things to get to full song where Metter was concerned. But now where they are, everything seems to be in that rhythm of what they were anticipating and, and what Rodney was looking for in a matchup like this. And for everyone in Graymont Summit, I, I know that this is what they're chasing after as well. And when ECI, we, you know, we know the, the glory years of the ECI and the Land Turner and, and the Sean Ely and all of that. And this is where they expect to be. They expect to be in the discussion in game 10. They expect to be in the discussion when it comes to the, the third season and the playoffs. And, and once again, projecting out how things could go and the difference between being the one seed and the two seed. Obviously, you get that, that first home game if you're the two seed. But you run in your mini bracket, once again, if you're the two seed out of region three, and this once again is just saying if if chalk was to follow, you run the notion of in your second round game, in your mini bracket, not just in your quadrant, but in your mini bracket, your second round game could be in Montezuma against Macon County. So that is the difference between being the one and the two going up against a top five team coming out of the blocks. If you're the one seed in region three, you're upper right. And things could, could play out to where if you're the two seed out of region five, it could be Chatco. It could be Sly. Once again, two teams that have hovered around the top 10 as your second round game, but the winner would get this one at home as the one seed visiting a two in your bracket in and of itself, your quarterfinal could be against Bowden. Once again, you're looking at a team that in Bowden and Coach, and Coach Finley that have been a top 10 team all the way through. So this season, to get out of your mini bracket, you're paired with Region 5 in the ones and twos. This one's going to be a tough test for the winner of this one and for the second seed coming out of Region 3. But seeing the run that Metter was on last year, you know that that's where they want to continue to go. They want to go that next step. They want to play in a game 15. For ECI, it's about getting back to where they were. And this one, once again, I'll say that this will go low 20s. I don't anticipate a whole lot of scoring in this one just because of what it means. You might shrink the playbook a little bit when it comes to the plays that you're confident with in a game like this. So 
there's your difference between the one and the two with region three going up against region five in the second round. This is another big one too. Yeah, don't don't anticipate a lot of pass plays. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of on the ground line of scrimmage battle, and it'll be a lot of fun. And what could be a rainy evening in Southeast Georgia on Friday night from what we're hearing so far as we talk here on Wednesday. I want to talk to you about the Calvary Day Cavaliers who have absolutely shot up the single A private rankings this year after, and really since they beat Prince Avenue Christian in week zero, week one, they have become a team that has been noticed, and for good reason. They have as much talent, young talent, as, as we've seen on, on any team in this area. Ranked number two in Class A private. But what I want to ask you about is their, their, their state title chances. This is a class, Class A private, that for the most part, since it's split in 2012, has been run and dominated by North Georgia teams. The only non-North Georgia team to win was Aquinas back in 2013. So when you look at this Calvary team and you compare them to the Trinity Christians, the Prince Avenue Christians that have the Athens academies that have kind of run this class for the last decade, where do you see the Cavaliers stacking up as we get into what you like to call the third season? Right there. And I know that's a very short answer, but I think that probably because Mark Stroud's team is on the coast, a lot of folks may not watch a Calvary day until they're closer to your viewing habits. You don't necessarily reach out and see what is, is going on there. And I have had, and full disclosure, uh, at GPB, we have uh, five, uh, five guys of us that sit there and we come up with a composite and that's the weekly poll that you, you see when it comes to uh, what we do at Georgia Public Broadcasting. I have traditionally had, and I mean, this is like after even the, the Prince Avenue win. They've been a top five team for me. I had them, I want to say number two in my most recent poll. And this is me, me specifically. I have had Calvary Day at number two behind Trinity Christian. The way that once again, and, and we've kind of gotten into bracketology here, kind of leading into the postseason, but once again, the way things line up as we're talking, they are upper right. If they, if they beat Aquinas on the weekend, they're the one. They are in the upper right quadrant as you're filling out all of your brackets. The quarterfinal could be paired up against Fellowship Christian. Fellowship Christian's only loss was to Trinity Christian. And Trinity Christian has been an absolute juggernaut. They were in the last game of the year last year. Coach Dallas has done a great job. And when you have, you know, when you have your sons as a part of your high-powered offense, it's that, that telepathy that we see, that, that we've seen from Trinity Christian. And the quarterfinal game against a very young Fellowship Christian team is going to be a test for Calvary Day. Then if you go down and you're looking low right and thinking about what might happen, if we have chalk in this situation, you could end up with another quarterfinal low right of, tell me if you've heard of this team before, Prince Avenue Christian. So you could possibly get a rematch in a semifinal. It could be a Prince Avenue Christian. It could be uh, the top team out of region one. It could be FPD out of Macon. 
So that's way, the way it looks on the right-hand side of your bracket. The left-hand side is where you would have Eagles Landing Christian and Trinity Christian in a semifinal. So you look at the short version of all of that, and I think that that's the, the interesting part of all of this, where in all probability, you will have an Eagles Landing Christian team, and we know their pedigree, who will be coming into the playoffs at four and six. This is not the first time that Jonathan Guess and the Chargers have been at 500 or 500-ish and have made runs that we anticipate they're going to make. But Trinity Christian, Eagles Landing Christian, everybody's looking at that six to the right of the dash for Eagles Landing, and they're going, oh, no, 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 Eagles Landing Christian. Because of who they are, they've had to schedule out of their minds. I mean, like trips to Ohio, I think, have been for Eagles Landing Christian. But Trinity Christian Eagles Landing, that possible semifinal creates an opportunity for Calvary Day, once again, having to play fellowship upper right if things work through with a possible rematch for PAC. So it's, it's interesting subplots here, but Calvary Day, I would recommend if you haven't had the chance to see this team, go look at Huddle. Go check out WTOC.com and see the highlights that have happened on your Friday nights. and you know, become, you know, educated and look at the highlights just to see what Calvary Day has been bringing to the table. And so I, I can't say enough about what Mark Stroud has done this last couple of years to get Calvary Day to where they are. But it's an interesting subplot that we're looking at here when it comes to Class A private. This team, if you just look at their schedule and their results, you may go, what, what is so special about them? They've only scored over 30 points, I think, three times this year. But when you look at the level of talent that they have, and it's young talent. I, we've talked about this on this podcast for a number of times, that this team is set up for not just a, a run this year. They're, they've got sophomores and freshmen and juniors that are the major contributors to this football team, as well as a great senior class. Um, but th they don't have gaudy out there numbers. They're not beating people 55 to three, like we've seen some of these Trinity Christian scores, but I'm, I, this team, like you said, they are well-coached. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They are tough, hard-nosed, and they will pound on you when you play them on the line of scrimmage. And we've said it before on this show, that is a really good formula to win at this time of the year. And so I, I agree with you. I think Calvary's got a great chance to make a run. Um, they, they have Aquinas. They're in Augusta against Aquinas this weekend. It's a four-team region, so things can get a little screwy if, if Aquinas, if the Fighting Irish pull off the upset. But if Calvary wins, they're the region champ. They're the one seed, and everything else falls from there. John, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight. Looking forward to a, another football Friday night. You guys do a great job keeping everybody in the state informed with what's happening around. Look forward to talking to you again soon, my friend. It's always good to catch up with you. Great to see you, my friend. And I know that uh, the days are long this time of year, but look at it this way. Uh, the second week of December will be there before we know it. And then we'll sit there and go, oh, I forgot to shop for Christmas presents. And it is going to be the annual sprint to try to make sure that everyone's stocking is, uh, is as filled as possible. Good to see you, my friend, and we will catch up soon. I know it. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, John.
want to thank John for his time. You know, he's going to be a busy man Friday night as he tries to fill out the brackets, get it all ready, the bracketology of high school football in the state of Georgia. Besides those three games and the game we mentioned, Calvary Day at Aquinas, that we'll be following, a couple others to keep your eyes on here in southeast Georgia. We've got Beach and Johnson, that game at Memorial Stadium Friday night. The Adam Smashers looking to lock in a state playoff berth, and they can move around a little bit up to a three seed if they can beat the the Beach Bulldogs. Also, Savannah Christian at Savannah Country Day. We mentioned Calvary's in the driver's seat in that region, but there's still a lot that can happen. Savannah Country Day currently winless in region play, but they can vault all the way to the two seed, potentially get a home game. If things fall a certain way, if they beat Christian, there's a lot of things that can happen in that game. So the result and the score will matter over at Saunders Field between Savannah Christian and Savannah Country Day. All right, so let's go across the river over into South Carolina where it is playoff time in the South Carolina High School League and in Skiza. First round play beginning in both classifications this Friday night. And we've got some home games happening in the low country, Beaufort hosting South Florence, May River hosting North Myrtle Beach, the Sharks, the region champs. They've won six games in a row, looking to bounce back after a heartbreaking way to end their season last year. It was a weird year for May River. They hadn't played in like two weeks and then had to go on the road for a first-round playoff game. The Sharks, head coach Rodney Summers, have been playing really good football lately, six wins in a row, as I mentioned, They're going to host North Myrtle Beach at the Tank on Friday night. And then Buford, who had such a great start to the season and only lost two games, one to Oceanside Collegiate and then the the three-point loss to May River, they've improved their playoff run each year under head coach Bryce Lieber and went to the second round in his first year, went to the quarterfinals last year. Looking to continue that trend, they'll start their playoff run at home Friday night against a pretty good South Florence team. Should be a really good game in Beaufort. Staying in that region, Hilton Head on the road at Aiken. Bluffton will go to North Augusta as well. We've also got Wade Hampton at home, Whale Branch at home, Battery Creek on the road at Crestwood to round out the South Carolina High School League. Over in Skiza, a couple teams with dominant runs looking to keep those going as Hilton Head Christian will be seeking their second straight state title, their third consecutive appearance in the state title game and Thomas Hayward seeking their fourth straight state title and the Rebels run getting a little easier they've moved on into the second round after a forfeit victory over Dylan Christian Hilton Head Christian will host Carolina Academy in a rematch of last year's state title game the Eagles won that one handedly 42-14 but their state championship playoff run begins Friday night this time against Carolina Academy Staying in Skiza, Hilton Head Prep heads to Williamsburg Academy. Buford Academy Buford Academy will host Florence Christian, and John Paul II travels to PD Academy. So that's a look at the Skiza first round. Also, South Carolina High School League play beginning on Friday. We're going to have a recap of everything that happens Friday night coming up tomorrow night on the end zone. Join me, 11-15 on WTOC. We'll have highlights and scores from around the Southeast Georgia and the Low Country will also be looking ahead as to what these wins mean, who's moving on, who's playing who. We'll have a lot of that coming up on the end zone tomorrow night as well. 
Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow night on the end zone.